he had this $2,800 guitar. I built the exact same kind of guitar for about 600 bucks. And we sat down and had a guitar off. We had a shootout, you know, and uh, we sat sat down and we each played each guitar a couple hours we sat there and played and played and played him switched him back and forth i think he owned that custom guitar it took him about six months to build that guitar or have it built for him uh i think he owned it for about 72 hours uh he immediately sold it pretty much after he played my 600 version because to my ear they sounded identical and i'll tell you it's because i know what makes a guitar sound the way it does uh, and that's because I completely askew all of the uh, institutional rules about like, what makes a guitar sound like it does, because it's all bullshit. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Trash Talks. Joining me this week, my friend, John Pagliotti, or uh, you told me how to say it the proper Italian way before this. You want to help me out? John Pagliasotti. That's the that's the Italian. Pagliasotti. Okay. I should I should probably do that. I think I might be uh, I think I might be somewhat Italian. I don't really know. I, uh, somebody in my family took that 23 and me and it was uh. We always thought we were Portuguese, but I think it was like Spanish, Italian, and they just were in Portugal for like the last minute before they came here. Interesting. Yeah. See, like my family, the Pagliasotis are in like northern Italy. Like I went and visited and they were like, yeah, over that mountain is France. So, you know, how Italian is that? Maybe yeah. they're a little French. I don't really know. It's all pretty arbitrary. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, true. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, the only difference is, you know, it's just the food that we we had, and even then, I mean, it's it's kind of an overlap. It's just the area. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I think there's probably more similarity in language and food between that village in Italy and whatever village was in France, right there, than there is between that village in Italy and like a village in Sicily. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of uh, it's it's, it's just for uh name i guess well i don't know apparently that ancestry is tracking something so they're able, to, they're able to separate us by i guess just uh their arbitrary region i don't i don't even know what it would be at that point yeah i don't know how they decide that like is yeah. it based on modern political maps i mean if uh no if idea. austria takes back a piece of italy here are they going to change their whole algorithm like what uh what are they going to do yeah because what was it france grew like five feet the other day or something uh like somebody moved a boulder and it just like changed the border a little bit oh did it i didn't hear about this yeah i don't know that's my, my show tends to get into the weeds of uh nonsense so <laughs> <laughs> just uh just making sure everybody's up to date on facts they'll never need <laughs> yeah uh, well that's good you know i mean uh, viva france good for them yeah actually it might have been the other way i don't even remember the story the report somebody got five <laughs> i think france got the five feet <laughs> Oh man! For that man, they've been losing a lot of territory in the last uh, seventy years. So there you go. I'm not up to date. I don't know what they've been losing. I I know they build uh, because they, they got nuclear plants right out on the water, right? 
Isn't it like one of their nuclear plants is closer to another country than it is to them? I'm like, that's a, that's a bold move. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess that's kind of a version of mutually assured destruction, right? Like I guess that country's never going to invade because they're going to fuck themselves up more than anybody. Just hold my power plant, bro. Watch this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, let's uh, get everybody introduced on, on what you do. So you, um, the main thing I know about you, because I was a guest on your podcast, um, the uh, bands, beers, and buzzwords, and uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. That was a fun episode. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a good one, man. It was it was a lot of fun, and and I love having other podcasters on. Um, the last podcaster I had on before you, I think it was the last podcaster. Uh, he also, well, he's a musician, but like only a little bit but still wound up being like one of my best episodes. Like, I feel like the podcasters are, well, you just know how it goes. You know what goes on behind the scenes. So you know what to present. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out being a great episode. So yeah, I had a ton of fun with it, man. Yeah, no, no seriously. I love listening back to it. Uh, and I mean, you, you got some other great episodes too. So just a little bit about your show. So what, what bands, beers and buzzwords is, is uh, kind of like, I describe it as like a little bit of drunk history, a little bit of like behind the music kind of thing, but centered around one album and how the guest feels about it. You know? Yeah. That's generally my elevator pitch is it's like drunk history, but about music. And that's usually what gets people. So yeah, the, the, the tagline is uh, that you talk about your favorite album and I try to get you drunk doing so. And basically the way it works is I have like the, I have the guest pick uh, an album, a favorite album of theirs. They come on and do kind of a review slash, you know, history of the album, kind of whatever they want to talk about. And I have a list of 20 buzzwords uh, on a bingo card, essentially uh, that I tailor to that guest, to that band. Uh, And whenever they say the buzzwords, they have to drink. And so it's stuff like, you know, recite lyrics or mention the Beatles or whatever, you know, it could be anything. Um, and so I tailor that to the, to the artist and everything. And then I'll try to bait the guest into saying them as well, uh, which is super fun. The guest of course has no idea what they are until they say it. So it's kind of a fun, uh, drinking game and a fun way to kind of keep it light and keep the conversation moving, you know? That was our buzzword. Oh. That whole sentence. That was it. That was the buzzword. You got to drink. <laughs> you got me. Oh uh, shoot! But no, it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, just playing. I so I couldn't hear you. Weren't playing that horn on my end, were you? When you no, were doing that, it, yeah, that gets added in post. I don't really know how to do that. To be totally honest with you, yeah, I I only know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It's just attached to my board. It's like a separate channel. It's had little pads over here. I don't know. This thing does everything for me. I like, I don't know. Me and my buddies threw down on this, and this thing just babies me. I, I'll do plugs for it. I don't even care. The road, uh, Roadcaster Pro. Yeah, it's made for podcasting. So, oh, I see. Is it yeah. like a little? Um, is it like a little mixer or something? Yeah, yeah. It's a four channel mixer. And then, well, a few more channels. You know, because it's got a, it's got a Bluetooth one and an auxiliary in, and then um just uh the usb is its own channel and then four mics uh and then yeah the last channel is uh just like 64 pads like you just cycle through on the touch screen so you can just have endless samples yeah. oh that's sick yeah i mean it's good oh, for that's a show. really cool yeah it's like it works yeah. in this setting yeah so that's funny because because i'm just going in like i've got my uh this is like a sennheiser e806 vocal mic into my focus right into logic like i i record because i'm a musician 
So I record like I'm recording uh, vocals for a song or something. Like I'm I'm totally winging it in terms of podcast, which is funny. Yeah. Oh, and this thing babies us too. Like it's it's just got presets like built into it, so everything just sounds crystal on its on its own. You just plug in a mic and then plug it into whatever you're recording onto. It's it really takes care of you. So for those oh, who don't know what you're doing, for those without a musical background and want to just do it the super easy way, just fork over six hundred bucks. <laughs> there you go that's always the answer right it's just like a big fat dollar sign and all your problems are solved yeah seriously i just want to I, I can't wait till they get it like nine ninety thousand dollars and it's one button you just press and it records everything just, just it posts <laughs> yeah the podcast is just done you don't even need a guest you can just press the button <laughs> intro outro it gets the guest for you yeah everything <laughs> Oh, man. What you drinking there tonight? I see a sip of something. What you got? Yeah, this is called Cacti. So, oh, uh, I've seen those. Um, have you seen these? Yeah, in my recycling. These are great. My, my neighbor drinks them or something. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, it's this is uh, the first time I had seen a, a tall boy of it, but it is, uh, it's an agave spiked seltzer. It's 7% alcohol, so not like that 4%, you know, fucking uh, White Claw shit. <laughs> uh, and it's actually pretty good. It tastes pretty good. And the thing I like about it, is it is zero carbs, zero sugar, zero fucking anything. It's just yeah, liquor, basically. Yeah, they just poured and, a little uh, vodka and some seltzer water and a couple drops exactly. of lime juice. A couple drops of lime, exactly. And it's, um, you know, I didn't know this until I had already finished a nine-pack of these, but it is actually the Travis Scott uh, Hey, you brand. know what? I'm going to save you a risk here. You're doing a really good job displaying the product. I ain't, I ain't recording video right <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is just okay. for the natural know. vibe. I'm sorry. I good to know. Good to know. <laughs> He's doing a really good display moderate. I'm trying to save your wrist, buddy. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that that's freaking that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I meant to try one, but they were all gone before I could get one. Like my, it's it, well, it's not just like my neighbor. Like I guess it's a roommate. I don't know. We live in we live in like a two family house, but like it's her sister who lives downstairs. I don't know. She's kind of. She's up in our kitchen every day, so I don't know what to call okay. it. It's not really my yeah. neighbor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, anyway, um, I only ask about the drink because the drinking part of the show is, is pretty good. You, you Do uh, do you switch it up on there or you tend to keep it the same for consistency's sake on your side? No, I've, I've had a lot of different drinks uh, on that show. Um, one that I was going to for a while is I would do like a, a hard seltzer like this, but I was putting it in like a gigantic, you know, 32 ounce coffee tumbler. Uh, I pour like maybe two of those in there and then add some tequila uh, and then some ice. And that was just my gigantic drink that I would sip on for the whole thing. Um, that's the thing people don't realize is like, you know, I'm hitting the guest with the drinks and it's like, a, you know, it's like, Oh, you're, you're getting punished for saying the thing, but like, I'm, I'm just getting trashed the whole time as well. Yeah, like yeah, you're right there with the guest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like I had a guy come on. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy come on old buddy of mine that I've played music with a number of times. I used to play bass in his live band from time to time. And uh, dude, he's like, yo, I have a surprise for you. Like before we're recording, he's like, yo, I have a surprise for you. I was like, what is it? He's like, it's wait till we're on air. I'm like, okay. So we get on and I get him with the first buzzword. And I'm like, yeah, so, uh, you know, you have to drink, blah, 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 whatever. And he goes, all right, buddy. Well, uh, I got a surprise for you, man. I've got a uh, fifth of tequila right here. And I'm going to be drinking a shot for every single one that I get. And he finished the entire bottle of tequila and then cracked open like a Coors Light. Like he kept going. 
um that was one of the drunkest episodes i've ever had jeez i thought i got out there i uh which episode <laughs> was that i gotta go back and listen to that one <laughs> He does, uh, it's my buddy Jack McCain, and he does Catfish and the Bottle Man, which, funny enough, like, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the album, sure. I, I'm, you know, not a huge fan of Catfish and the Bottle Man, but he just did such a good job of selling it, and he's just such a funny guy, and he got so drunk, it wound up being an amazing episode, so. I gotta know what, uh, what genre that is with a name like that. They're like, uh, Poor Man's Arctic Monkeys. Okay, all right. I guess I could picture that. <laughs> They're like Arctic Monkeys, but not as good. Yeah. So, you know, talking about a lot of the other albums that uh, other people have picked. If if you had to do your own show, though, what's, what's your go-to album? What album are you put up? That's I've got a list on my phone that I update. Because I the guy who runs the blog and does our sister podcast has told me, like, yeah, one of these days you're going to be in the hot seat. Like, whether it's our 100th episode or whatever it's going to be, there, yeah. I'm going to be in the hot seat one day. And I think every time I'm drunk listening to, to music, I, I add a new album to my list of like perspective albums. Um, front runner right now is I'd probably want to do like a, a deep dive on like a Zeppelin album. Okay. Um, yeah, you're talking Zepp- about Zeppelin in our episode saying that's that's hits close to home for you. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're pretty much my favorite band. Um, but I had others like I was thinking maybe some Pink Floyd. Uh, a buddy of mine uh, did the Beatles. That one's going to be coming out somewhat soon. So I don't want to repeat the Beatles, but um, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's my podcast, and I could repeat if I wanted to. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's your format. You can do whatever. I uh, I don't even post some weeks. <laughs> I just kind of. <laughs> there's really no rules going on in my show either it's just it is what it is man you know i mean with yours you got more of a structure and stuff but really there's <laughs> there's some episodes it's actually it's a joke we just made our discord and uh somebody wrote that uh and we usually play a game at the end unless adam's not feeling it because <laughs> we've just called off like half the show before <laughs> it's uh yeah the drink the drinking aspect on mine is a lot more dysfunctional less it's like less of a uh a feature it's uh it's more of uh, kind of just a roll of the dice of what's going to happen by the end of the show. Might <laughs> it might lead to an argument. Might lead to everyone just uh just quitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Because you you have what three mics on your show? Uh, three main hosts, and then uh, we have a rotating fourth seat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel it. Yeah, that's sick, dude. I was listening to one. Um, I forget which one it even was, but I listened to one and it was it was a hoot, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's I mean, that's all we're doing. It doesn't feel like there's much structure ever than show up and have fun, yeah. <laughs> which kills me. If there's ever an episode that I leave and I didn't ha- I mean, I always have some fun, but if I didn't have enough fun, dude, I'm like, what the fuck was the point? <laughs> yeah. I needed more fun today. Uh. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, so you uh, you play bass. You said in your friends' band. Is that is that your go-to? Or I know a lot of musicians are all over the place with what they play. Once it, it seems like once you get the theory down, you can jump around a little bit with your talents. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of it. I I my main instrument is guitar. That's like my main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing guitar for probably sixteen years now, um, which you know very very shallow learning curve to get to bass from there <clears throat> although the more bass i play and the more bass i like actively listen to the more i realize it really 
it really deserves to be treated as its own instrument. You know, um, I think there are too many uh, situations where it's like, well, you're the shittiest guitar player in the band. So go to bass. And like, you know, it's like, that's often what happens. <laughs> um, whereas like a truly good bass player uh, is totally different than just a shitty guitar player. You know what I mean? Like there's this whole interplay between the drums and then the like kind of melody and you have to know some chord theory and rhythm theory like excuse me yeah you you have to know what the hell you're doing and so it's been fun lately I've been playing bass in a number of friends bands and it's it's been like a fun exercise for me like figuring that out and learning how to do like a proper bass line you know so uh you saying you're getting out with like some of your friends bands um you just start, you, you play live like or I mean that's probably just opening back up now you're probably <laughs> probably limited yeah. quite a bit before yeah I think my last live show was up in San Luis Obispo in January of 2020 um so it's it's been a while um freaking so like you got uh do, do you do you get introduced to like because you get all these new uh, musical artists. Is this mostly like pulling from a pool of people you know so far? Because I know, I think originally you just kind of like reached out to me. I don't know if I, uh, I had a lot of people on Twitter. I might have added you and then you uh, messaged me like, want to be on a show? I don't, I don't remember how it initially started. But um, do you, uh, have you like met anybody new that you're doing music outside of the show with from the show? Yeah. Absolutely. So episode three, my buddy, uh, Parker Weirling, he, um, I had never met him before. Um, he was introduced to me by Andrew Schultz, the guy who runs the music blog, redefining records. He runs the sister pod to mine sounds for thought. Um, and he met this guy, I think kind of the same thing. They just met like online somewhere, like DM'd each other, like, Hey, you want to come on this podcast? He runs a podcast too, uh, on that note podcast. And they were on each other's shows. And then Schultzy was like, yo, John, I just had this dude on my podcast. You should hit him up. He's super cool. So I hit him up and he picked uh, In Rainbows by Radiohead for his album, which is one of my probably top five albums of all time. So right off the bat, I was like, I, I like this guy. He's cool. And sure enough, uh, you, you know, we DM'd a couple times. I had him on the show and uh, over the course of about three hours getting drunk and talking about Radiohead together, we became friends. So <laughs> um, I recently played on one of his singles. Uh, I contributed, um, what did I give him? I gave him some slide acoustic guitar and some, uh, he was like, hey, do you play a pedal steel guitar? And I was like, no, but uh, I could kind of pretend for you. And so I got my Telecaster and I was doing some double stop bends and volume swaz. It, musicians will know you can kind of fake a pedal steel on a telly and I did it and and gave it to him and that wound up in the song so it's kind of cool yeah you're saying you're saying fake it I mean you got like a lot of workarounds and stuff to get like other instrument sounds without like yeah <laughs> yeah are there any other examples of that I, I I don't know much about it at all I'm not a musician yeah it's yeah. A, the way you fake it to be specific there's there's something called a double stop bend where you uh uh, well, you hold two notes with your pinky finger and then bend with your like third finger. Okay. So it kind of creates this sound of a chord. So three notes makes a chord, but one of the notes is moving. So it kind of goes from like, uh, uh, what would that be? It goes from like the major seventh up to the root note. I think I forget. Anyways, it's what a pedal steel guitar does when you hit the pedal. 
it bends one of the strings. Okay. So you're just doing that so manually. You, I got you. So you're doing it real manually. Yeah. And then what the pedal steel guys like to do is they like to swell the volume as they do it. So it sounds real smooth. So there's a way to do that on your Telecaster. You reach down with your pinky and you get the volume up. It's way less ergonomic than doing it on a proper yeah, pedal steel. Just watching you now. You can do it. <laughs> I'm watching you right now without a guitar, just moving your fingers around. And I'm like, yeah, that was, uh, that'd be about three months before I can even strum one time like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's one of those things you pick up like along the way. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm obsessed with using the knobs on my guitar too. Nobody likes to do that anymore, but I'm, I love that kind of shit. And it, it generally works out for me. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of like experimental and stuff. So half the time that'll get me more. If I can see something in like a live performance, that's just unconventional just like even if it's like just show offy like to a sense where it's like you know what you could just play that by doing it over here but i fucking did it in a crazy ass way that you're just like what no one would ever think to make an instrument do that <laughs> <laughs> like i like the um what's it called uh, i think it's the zoo thorn they call it or something where uh it's it's playing like the uh the reverb from how close your instrument is to the like speaker like, uh, like oh, health, yeah. they run at the fucking speaker and then they run away to like get that fucking, I don't know, like crazy ass, like reverby sound. Oh, and run away from it too. I didn't, yeah. I hadn't even thought to do that, but yeah, that's an old trick. It's, you just get like feedback where you get right up to your amp and hold your guitar there and it, yeah you know, the, it creates a feedback loop. You know, the sound coming out of the speaker vibrates the strings, which is picked up by the pickups back to the speed. It's a feedback mm -hmm. loop love that shit i i used to do that all the time my my old band when i was in college was a little more uh like you know rock based my current stuff is a little more indie kind of um that shit was more like rock and i used to just have a lot of gain on my on my rig and i would get feedback all the time and same thing show off shit like you can there are certain chords you can get with one finger right you can kind of get this little triad at the bottom it's like a little minor chord uh, so what you do is you like maybe slide up into one and then you slide up over the top like this and it just looks all cool. And it's like, you're not doing anything really differently. It's just the same notes, but it just looks cool. You're like up here and then, Oh, check this out. And then, oh shit. What did he do? Oh my God. Like, I used fun. to, I uh, I had, I had like one thing that was, cause I, the only thing that I've done like musically was, um, DJing kind of. So I can kind of kind of relate in one thing. I came up with a workaround because, you know, people love scratching and shit. I came up with a workaround where I would loop something or I didn't really have to loop something. You could use anything. It would work better with a loop because you could get more of like an ice like like I'm talking like a sixteenth a of a bar, like this tiny little almost like a note, just like ah, 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 just doing something like that. I would take that. I would fade all the way over to the other side and I would put a gate on it so that you would get like the perfect chop. And then I would do the scratching motion, but instead of hitting the fader like the fucking DJs do back and forth and like getting it, you could do it so less sophisticated because it would just be like a perfect like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. And so you could just scratch with it and it would sound like I was going fucking nuts at the club yeah. and I'm doing this. Just one knob. <laughs> but it, you could get it to go like so uh, like depending on how fast you moved it, it would change the frequency of the scratch and shit. So... Yeah, it sounded like real professional scratching and looks impressive because my hand's doing all this shit. But my brother would just sit off the side, arms folded, who's like, you know, a little more technical than me. And he's just be like, this is bullshit. As people would just cheer for it. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Fake it till you. I mean, that's what it's about at the it. end of the day. Like, if, if the crowd loves it, then it's, it's valid, you know? <laughs> exactly.
<laughs> I uh, mean, what is what else is DJing though? It, it, a lot of it is just uh, I'm doing a lot more up here than it uh, than you realize. I mean, yeah. some of the better stuff isn't. There's actual like technical DJing that's fu- like um, I mean, just like that uh, D- DNC shit. Yeah, what is that DMC shit? I think they call it those like scratch battles. Some of that stuff is like technically impressive, but you know, just giving DJs a, a little bit of a couple points there uh, right after I shit on them. Yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah no it's it's for sure like it's cool stuff i have a buddy who djs and i've i've given him a couple songs of mine he's done sick remixes or like i'll go down to his house excuse me he lives down here like on the balboa peninsula like mm-hmm. basically right on the water like sick little house and um i'll go down there and just like we'll, we'll just jam like all night long and it's like he's doing like dj shit and i'm just playing shit on guitar and he's like remixing it and then i'm playing over it it's like it's so much fun dude like i i love that kind of stuff and i just it's like i, I don't know man kind of like like you made a great point on my podcast about how like like it, like any new music you hear like even if you don't like it at first you'll at least give it a chance and and try to like find something about it that you like you know and kind of just work through it like I, I totally agree with that man like whatever i'm a guitar player and and this and that so i'm like kind of supposed to hate electronic music or whatever right like it's oh fuck electronic music oh but no like it's so much fun like sitting down with him and spending like whole nights with him just jamming on that shit and it's like dude if you if you won't do that like if you cut that whole whole thing out of your life like what the fuck are you doing man like you're missing out like open yourself up you know yeah seriously no and that's that's always like something that was like a stigma behind like when I was DJing and it made me almost like not take it that seriously because I never pursued a career in it. Like I would just, you know, like I played at a couple clubs that were local and stuff Like you knew people. It was more from like hanging out at the club. Eventually you'd make a friend and then you could get a night there. It was just, it, yeah. it was part of like the social thing. But uh, yeah, there's always like some kind of stigma around electronic. And I mean, just probably a lot more stigmas that musicians have in general is what I'm driving at. Can, like, aren't, aren't some of those so weird? Like, th- there seems to just be, like, genre wars and just, I, I don't know, maybe you could speak to some of that. Yeah, no, it's it, that's absolutely true, man. Like, musicians, you would think, would be, like, super open-minded, like, uh, you know, creative, like, um, sort of, like, accepting people who are, like, always looking for, like, the new thing and looking for some new... Uh, out there unexpected source of inspiration like they're not like the vast majority of musicians are the most uh fucking like paleo conservative like tradition based uh people out there like they they there are so many uh weird like kind of laws and rules written to music like it must be this way you must do it this way and and it's so fucking stupid to me man like i'm i like here's a great example I won't get too deep into the technical shit, but what I'll say is like in the world of guitar, there are a lot of kind of, uh, you know, these uh, ideas about what makes a certain guitar sound a certain way. Right. And it's like, well, if this guitar is made out of this kind of wood, it's going to give it this kind of sound. And if it has this kind of wood, it's going to do this and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Whatever. Well, I don't really believe in that shit, which is sacrilege. Uh, you know, the top guitar builders on earth would, would lynch me for saying this, but uh, it's funny the other day, I, I, uh, so I, I build guitars myself and uh, I built a Telecaster. I was just talking about my Telecaster. I built one and I did, uh, I was able to do kind of a budget build because I went with uh, basically a really cheap body. It was not super nice wood. (laughs) 
Uh, so I did this budget build. It was about 600 bucks, all, all said and done. Uh, at the same time, a friend of mine was doing this really, really nice bespoke, you know, custom Telecaster build. So same kind of guitar. He wound up spending, he was willing to admit that he spent about $2,800 on it. Um, maybe he spent more. I don't know. But <laughs> he had this $2,800 guitar. I built the exact same kind of guitar for about 600 bucks. And we sat down and had a guitar off. We had a shootout, you know, and, uh, we sat, sat down and we each played each guitar a couple hours. We sat there and played them, played them, played them, switched them back and forth. I think he owned that custom guitar. It took him about six months to build that guitar or have it built for him. Uh, I think he owned it for about 72 hours. Uh, he immediately sold it pretty much after he played my $600 version. Cause to my ear, they sounded identical and I'll tell you, it's because I know what makes a guitar sound the way it does. Uh, and that's because I completely askew all of the uh, institutional rules about what makes a guitar sound the way it does, because it's all bullshit. Yeah, no, it, it seems like people make a lot of like arbitrary, like prestige rules and all these things. So what, but what could go into this guitar that made it cost so much more? Like just, just bet, like for starters, you said you use cheap wood on yours, but. I mean, yeah. So the, the wood on his was nicer. He also, he got binding on it, um, which is a purely decorative thing, but you know, the super voodoo guitar guys will tell you it makes a difference. It doesn't. Um, but he got vintage binding. So it wasn't even like a modern recreation of the old binding. It was like, this is literally binding from the 1960s or something that they found an old stock of. And, uh, he used, uh, he just went all in on the materials and the finish on it, as opposed to the modern cheap finish he used an old school finish which you're it's technically illegal in california so it's really hard to get and it's this and that and what is it just like a chemical in it or something is it yeah, it's a chemical it's a nitrocellulose based yeah. finish which you're you're not supposed to be able to get here you can get it but then there's a premium on it and it's, dude cali it, cali bans everything though like i see on almost like no other state it's every product that has like a little marker on it. it's like california, california identified this as cancer causing i'm like well thank you california for all your research <laughs> <laughs> which and i guarantee you that's not like uh you know researchers at at berkeley or at stanford identified this it was just like uh diane feinstein decided this causes cancer so they you know what i mean like it's all the fucking politicians this brand of hair gel didn't work for gavin newsom therefore it causes cancer god fucking gavin newsom don't get me started he he, so i was i was down in san diego a couple months ago visiting an old friend and she uh introduced me to her cousin and then like uh, like some other friend, basically there were three dudes sitting there who like had never met each other. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there and within like 20 minutes of meeting each other, we were all sitting there going, yeah, fuck Gavin Newsome. It's fuck really Gavin Newsom. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like three dudes from three totally different walks of life, total strangers. Fuck Gavin Newsome. Like, God damn, dude. I mean, terrible. the only people I could think that like him are the people who voted for him and aren't they trying to repeal him? So like, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like a likable guy. <laughs> no, man, he somebody pointed out he looks like Patrick Bateman, and I, I can't get that out of my head now. Patrick Bateman. Why can't I think of who that is? Uh, Christian Bale, American Psycho. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the business cards and the, the Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, 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 I can, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. Well. <laughs> Um, does he, um, 
what was I going to say? Uh, totally lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, California no, totally, banning shit. Cal- yeah, California banning something. Oh, I, I don't know. We were talking about the finish there. I don't oh, even yeah. know if I had a point. I just, just got sidetracked. Just Gavin Newsom hate. Yeah, good. That's fine. I'm, I'm all good with that, man. Oh man, yeah. No, I, I find it, I find it funny. You get uh, so, so many people are just uh, like, are you guys still locked down, like over there? Um. Well, like halfway. Yes, but you wouldn't be able to tell. I yeah. The local uh, 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 liquor store here. I don't wear a mask in there. Uh, at work, we're still wearing masks, but it's like fuck. We we kind of take the mask off, and then when the HR guy comes around, we put it on. Yeah, and it's you know it, it's like fuck, man. I got I got the shot. Like I'm fucking fine. Most people I know have either had the thing or they got the shot so it's yeah. like what the fuck what's the point you know we all we all got it we either got the vaccine or we got nature's vaccine so we fucking yeah what's seriously. the point at this point you know no i know i i don't get it like it, i'm in i'm in massachusetts myself very similar vibe it's like everything's halfway going and it just seems like it's moving at the pace that the rest of the people who want to move back to normalcy it just seems like it's only moving at the pace that they push it so yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to be one of those guys. I finally stopped wearing a mask everywhere. I just, uh, like, I, at first I was checking just to see what place. Like, I walked into one store and they didn't talk to me and they're usually talkative. So I was I wore a mask there the next day. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's just, like, whatever they're comfortable with. Yeah, I, I feel that, man. Like, if I'm going to yeah. go into somebody's business, I will respect them enough to wear a mask if that's what they want. I, yeah. I will respect that. Or if I, you know, like, uh, I've, I've been taking guitar lessons again and it's, older guy teaches me and for a a while he was saying hey do you mind if we wear a mask and and you know is there a way we could do it outside I said yeah that's fine we'll we'll do it out on my porch I'll wear a mask that's totally fine like I I will do that you know like I'm I'm totally fine with that if that's what you want to do and you're being cool about it if you just say hey man like this is kind of would you be down if we wore a mask for yeah absolutely man let's do it yeah we'll, we'll do that whereas like I don't know. I'm lucky. I've never run into anybody who is like militantly, uh, like I've heard it both ways, militantly, like take that fucking mask off your face or, or like, why aren't you wearing a fuck? You, you, you hear it both ways. I'm lucky. I've never run into somebody like that. I yeah. just kind of operate on like, look, I'll, yeah, I really don't want to wear a fucking mask. I'm vaccinated. I don't, I really don't need to wear one, but if it's like, uh, somebody I care about or, a a business, somebody I respect, something like that. And they just say, Hey, look, what would you do? I, yeah. I'll, I'll wear a mask for you, man. Yeah. yeah. I'll do that. I'm kind of at the point though where I'm I'm uh moving towards businesses like I'll drive a little bit out of my way to go to the one that's not wearing a mask just cuz like I support you moving towards sanity like and for the people who like cuz that's the thing is like you said like you're vaxxed and there's still some people who will look at you like where's your mask and it's like I just kind of want to I don't want to like I think it's unhealthy to feed into your delusion at this point like that's true that's yeah. true man here here's my here's my like final straw is January or sorry, June 15th. So this upcoming Tuesday is yeah. officially the day that California ends the mask mandate. Yeah. So as of now, it is still officially California law that we're all supposed to be wearing a mask. So it's yeah. Okay. Whatever. After that Tuesday, like I'm sitting here kind of worried that like my place of work is gonna like make us keep wearing masks. Cause it's, you know, if you're a business or a private party of some sort, you're allowed to say, well, no, you still have to wear a mask in my business. 
So after Tuesday, that's when I'm going to be like, all right, what the fuck? Like, come on. We it's because as of right now, it is still technically law that you're supposed to. So if you're Mm. still doing it and it's right now, okay, fine. Sure. Okay. Sure. I respect that. Uh, But after Tuesday, it's like, man, you're, you're really going above and beyond for these fucking masks, huh? Aren't you? Well, I'm four weeks past that point, I think. <laughs> we're, uh, we finally had our mandate end, and I'll say I've only... That's why I was kind of saying we're at the point where it's, it's how fast other people are going to push it because yeah. it's, it's becoming a percentage thing. Like I saw it as soon as it became over like 51%, it was 75 the next day. Like most people yeah. not wearing the mask. You just need to see other people doing it and it getting more and more normal. But um, the... Uh, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 still there was one place that I was asked. And, and yet again, like this thing is I'm still going to respect private business, but I'm also noting that and taking my business to other businesses yeah. that want to get past this faster. Because, I mean, some of this insanity, like we we kind of could have got to this point, like maybe two months prior. A lot yeah. of others or I mean, really, really, if you want to get into it, I mean, Florida never shut down, dude. We, we could have. We could have, of October last year, kind of the information was in and we knew what it was. Now, other places like, like obviously the places that stayed shut down at higher rates and stuff, but they were also the ones hammering on the lockdowns for the majority of the time. So I, I don't know, man. It didn't seem like it was following the science after a while. I think October of last year was kind of a landmark that we had answers and Florida was doing just about middle of the pack. Yeah. And, and what's wild too, is like seeing all the people, like your point about like the delusional people is like, I just saw a tweet, which I think it was CNN or somebody, which I don't know how much I fucking trust CNN, but there was a tweet from some sort of uh, verifiable source that said like 71% of registered Democrats think people should keep wearing masks after they're vaccinated and i'm like what that's not science man no. like what do you mean fuck it like yeah I, yeah i say trust the science i fucking believe trust the science which the science is if you're vaccinated you're fucking vaccinated so fucking be done with it like we're done i'm done man i get look i got my i know you're not publishing the video but yeah, yeah you I got, got your card. card man i'm fucking i'm done man screenshotted coronavirus i own you now i heard those things got pii <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it it drives me nuts man so i i i feel you dude and i i i'm of the opinion that we we should have done one of two things when this whole thing hit and it was like really serious and this and that i think we either should have done like one really fucking strict lockdown for like a period and just fuck you know like if it was like really that bad let's hit a really fucking serious lockdown. And then we know for sure, like, okay, we stopped it. We fucking cut it off at the roots. It's done, but we didn't fucking do that. But what, so I'm like, we either should have done a really strict one for like it, like a really controlled burn for like a period of time, like a short ish period of time, mm-hmm. or we shouldn't have just fucking just not done shit. Right. Yeah. Because we did this weird kind of halfway. Well, let's like kind of lock down for a little bit. You're in like the orange tier now, and then you're going to have to go to the red tier if it's this much, but these guys are yellow tier. You're going to lock down this and then, well, you can meet with people if it's this, but not, it's kind of this weird halfway. And we've been doing this weird halfway on and off shit for like what, 14, 15 months now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dude, no. Okay. We should have done like a two month fucking hardcore lockdown or we shouldn't have just we shouldn't have done a fucking lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I you think the, I mean? the two weeks what it was what it was stated to do was to make sure that hospitals weren't overwhelmed. And the thing yeah. is, after that two week period, 
Like, I mean, you could go two months. I don't care what you want to do, but like, it just doesn't justify it at this 14 month period. But yeah. after those weeks, they met like, I think like a 10th of the projections. I think the highest it could have possibly been was like a third. And I don't have these numbers on the top of my head, but I know it never got to half of what they projected. I know it never even came close. So yeah. that was supposed to be the numbers that kept us from overwhelming the hospitals. Now that we didn't do that, there was no point in my head. And we I, were fine. I, yeah. Yeah. Like looking back on it retrospective. Yeah. Like, so the one thing I will say is my cousin is a doctor. He's a, he's a GP down in San Diego County. And he was telling me San Diego County never hit shit basically. Yeah. Um, but he was telling me he had friends up in Los Angeles who were like getting fucked. Like they kind of hit the worst of the worst, which, okay, that makes sense. It's Los Angeles versus San Diego. If you look at the majority of San Diego County, it's pretty rural. Um, and, and so, okay, it makes sense. Los Angeles got hit. We all know New York got hit mm-hmm. San Francisco, Seattle. Okay. So maybe there's some big urban centers that get hit, but that's just common. That makes sense that a big urban center gets hit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Retrospective, it's like, okay, so maybe there were some like very small areas that could have used a like hardcore lockdown. Like maybe that would have helped New York or helped Los Angeles or helped, you know, Seattle, whatever these individual cases were. But like San Diego, San Diego County, like, what was the point? I don't know. <laughs> and, and it seems like you, you wonder what the point was the whole time. And then after a while, like I said, October was kind of my just hard landmark of when we had enough information in and there was plenty of people whistleblowing on how much alternate data there was on when they were still trying to do scare tactics about what would happen in Florida that never, never came true. And all these other states that didn't play by the rules it just never panned out in their favor. And I mean, things are starting to turn. I mean, you now see even like mainstream media sources acknowledging states that did better than others. Um, they kind of tried to throw out some of the heroes of this. I mean, Newsom's getting recalled, uh, Cuomo, yeah. Um, oh, got to hide Cuomo, behind man. like ass grabbing instead of like dealing with the fact that he murdered old people. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, well, Cuomo, I get, yeah, I don't yeah. like Cuomo either. Back to the Italian issue. Cuomo makes me ashamed to be an Italian. So get, <laughs> <laughs> get him the fuck out too. fuck Andrew Cuomo. Gavin Newsom to get, I, I fucking, well, here, here's the thing though. If I can be a little bit politically extreme on your program, I, I think that every governor as well as every president, any elected official should be under constant threat of recall. I, yeah. I feel like that they, I feel like they've had it too good for too long. And I feel like their position should not be an enviable one. I feel like you shouldn't be like, damn, I would love to be governor of California because then I'd get all the sweet hookups and all the fu- no 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 no. You should be like, damn, being governor would fucking suck. Yes, it like it it should be like you it should be like you have to be a fucking hard fucking man to take on or woman to take on that job and fucking like better the state. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. if there is an issue like coronavirus or the fucking wildfires or whatever happens here, like that's why we have an executive. Like that's why in my mind that office exists. Uh, those are hard fucking problems to have to tackle, you know? Yeah. So we need fucking hard men or women to tackle them. Like we don't need fucking pretty boy Gavin Newsom. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fuck that dude. I, I don't know. I think that any executive should be under constant threat of like, we're going to fucking kick your ass out if you don't fucking do good for us, you know what I mean? You're definitely not going too extreme for this show. I mean, I describe myself as a radical anarchist. I, uh, I, okay. yeah, I'm 
No, like I, 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 yeah, I would love politicians to be scared. Like I, a lot of uh, my more um, left-leaning friends and stuff, they look at, uh, well, I look at it as two ways. I look at it as horrible, horrible optics for the Republican Party. But uh, the leftists look at it like some horrible thing that like bruised the image of our country and like the heart of a nation or something. But the uh, January 6th, uh, some people don't want to call it an insurrection. Some people want to call it a coup. So like there's many sides to this. But the way I see it, I just like, Left to right, guys, you don't want them terrified up there? Come on, shake them up a little. Exactly. Dude, when that shit went down, I was in my group chat with my buddies, and, you know, some of them are, like, big-time, you know, MAGA. One of them's, like, a QAnon guy, too. They were like, yeah, like, we're taking back the country, this and that. And then, you know, half the other ones were all, oh, it's so fucked up. And I'm like, look, man, like, whatever reason they did it for, like, you know, whether I agree with that or not, I think it's fucking cool that they kicked in the fucking door at the Capitol building and made those motherfuckers cower under their desks. Like, God damn it. That's what those people fucking need. They need a taste of that. Yeah. You know, like they need to know that we're the ones in charge, not them. You know, they're our fucking public servants. We elected them. They should constantly be working to make sure that we are happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, um, you see, like, I remember a while ago they were criticizing, they were saying you couldn't criticize this uh, female senator because she voted against $15 minimum wage. Uh, and she did that, she did like a little, like, like Bob when she voted no yeah, against from it. Arizona. They got, yeah, they got so mad about that. And then the response, which it's, tends to seem how this woke crap is often used, they're like, you can't criticize a woman's body language. And yeah, seriously, they hit you with that. You can't criticize a senator's body language. And, and like, that's too sensitive today. This country was founded at a time when tarring and feather, a politician was like, (laughs) that was like, that was chill. That was like, that was some real dope shit. Like that was like, yeah, that's what you should be doing. That guy fucked up. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Seriously. They, they really, like, <laughs> politicians should be scared. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that we, we've reached a point where, yeah, you, you can't criticize their body language. Like, think of how fuck, fucking far gone we are from what this country was founded on. And you know what? Some of the people who uh, are pushing that, they, they don't like what this country was founded on. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. That's goddamn right, dude. They don't. They're they're lost, man. They're lost. Yeah. They're lost. I I agree with that, man. I think we should be constantly criticizing our politicians. And if you're, uh, like, we need to change it from like, um, like right now, if you're trying to be president or even governor or like any of these spots, you're the kind of like egotistical motherfucker who's like, no, no, no. Like, I know better than everybody. I want to rule everybody's lives. I want to yeah. tell them what to do, and I deserve all the sweet hookups along the way, right? we need to change it. We need to change that whole perspective to where it's like, you know, damn, like this is going to be a fucking hard job. Like this is going to suck. But like, I care so much about this country. And like, I I see the issues at hand that like, I'm going to fucking persevere and make this country a better place. Like that should be the fucking attitude of the people running for office. And, and part of it is the, the whole, our whole frame of reference is not like that. Like we need to fucking flip the script so that it's like, being a politician fucking sucks. It's a hard job and you need to be fucking hard to do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see something like that. I, I'm more so uh, I'm from the cynical side of, I don't think anybody can handle getting appointed power. I'm like against <laughs> most unjust hierarchies. I'll say that um, because most of the authority f- that comes from the top down of this country is just completely unjust. It's completely, 
just nonsense self-appointed authority and 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 just creating problems to justify themselves existing like i i see it as the people against the against the state and uh yeah so i'd like to see some people that i'd, I'd like to see it uh more of a difficult job but i'd also like to see it as a a i ineffectual job too like i don't i don't want politicians lording over us as much i'd like to get get it out like i i right now like i i see one of the biggest problems in this country is that it's well, it's a complete duopoly. People play it like sports, and then their egos are so tied up in these two old men that don't give a shit about you. That, yeah. like, to, to the point that they'll stop talking to family members over the sports game that they're both playing against us. Like, I see the Democrats and the Republicans to really just be on the same side. It always just moves down the field. Like, essentially, there's just progressivism moving constantly forward in the Democratic agenda, and then the Republicans just occasionally catch up and make it law. Like, they're the ones who took away assault rifles. They're the ones who took away... Uh, the gold standard. There's the ones who handed this country over to China. Like it's just progressives keep moving the dial and then eventually Republicans go, you know what? That's us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, dude, talk about assault rifles and stuff. I'm here in California. I'm I'm not going to put anything on camera right now, but let me just say <laughs> like there are people here in California. I'm just going to stop talking. All right. Basically. But recently we actually had a, a big victory in the Ninth Circuit uh, court involving our uh, our second amendment rights here in california that's that's something I've, i haven't touched on in my podcast uh most of my podcast guests uh being musicians are pretty left-wing which i'm down with that like i'm i'm pretty down with some fairly like left-wing views like i my political view is like i'm against a uh, like a tyrannical government but i also believe that like a corporation becomes exactly the same as a tyrannical government so like to me like Jeff Bezos and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and Joe Biden are the same exact kind of dude, you know? So I think, I think I, we see pretty eye to eye. That's same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good then. So I, you know, I, I get it. I'm, I'm down with it, but, uh, so I tend to have like left-wing people on the show, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I never really get a chance to touch on my more like right-wing views, but, uh, yeah, like here in California, we just had a, a big victory in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals where uh, it looks like we're going to have our assault weapon ban lifted, finally. Well, shit, that's uh, that's not a place that I'd expect to be leading the charge, but uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's I, good shit, man. I will say, um, you were touching on people are definitely armed in California. The most armed person I have ever met in my life was from California. I helped yeah. my old boss move, <laughs> and was just a computer and oh did i lose you here oh okay no i just lied for a second you just froze up for a second anyway no, I'm so it was a computer and an armory and then just a, a few like just ramen <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just like i'm talking boxes of magazines like they're like they, they i always laugh at that they're like you know there's like three guns to every person in this country i'm like yeah and like 10 guys have half of them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude. It's like Ted Nugent and like three other people. Yeah, they have the majority of those. Seriously. It's so true, man. Yeah. It's no, they so really, uh, they meet the stereotype of the gun nut. Like, there really is that guy. And, uh, yep. hey, you know what? You do you. Cause, cause I, I kind of agree with his mindset. He's like, hey, man, anything goes wrong. Like, I look at these preppers and stuff, like, they're crazy. I, I have the means to take anything I want. Like, it's over. <laughs> He's like, I don't need a house. I need to just be able to take yours. 
Yeah, I've I've heard that argument many times. I mean, there, there's validity to it. It's not what I'm planning on, but it's I mean, they're not wrong. Shit. Yeah, I'm more of the um, invest all my money in uh, foreign stocks and crypto and get the fuck out of this tight country. I I, I think somebody somewhere is always going to be you know okay. Like Switzerland seems like it stays nice. Just have enough yeah. need enough money to get in. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense, dude. I mean, that yeah. that's the thing, man, is you stockpile 10,000 rounds of ammo. But if you're ever in a firefight where you require 10,000 rounds of ammo, you're fucking dead. Like, you mm. you know what I mean? Well, it's like, good bartering, though. I mean, once they you yeah, know, you need the ammo. That's actually a great point. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's that becomes point. a scarce source quick. And especially if you can, uh, like, you know, he knows how to repurpose ammo and ch- or not repurpose. I forget what the word would be. I don't know. He can make his own ammo. Oh, yeah. like reload. Yeah, Reloads. reload. All right, yeah, yeah. it'd be that simple. Reload, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, I got respect for it. I mean, you know, I I finally just um made sure to get my shit because it's just nice. yeah. I mean, it just you, you know you see it every time a Democrat gets elected, it just shoots up like three hundred percent, but like exponentially, like it's just growing. Like since Obama, yeah. I think more guns have been sold in this country than like like in the amount I. I would I wouldn't be surprised if the same amount of guns that were like sold in this country would beat like the last like three decades before that like combined. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I I really don't know the numbers, yeah. but I'm just off assumption. I would think it'd be that high. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, recently it was like the. I mean, recently the most popular gun in America became the AR-15, which. Uh, you know, up until the last 10 years, the most popular gun was probably like, uh, I don't know, some like 22, like a Ruger 1022, or maybe a, I don't know, Remington 12 gauge or something like, you know what I mean? Like sporting arms. Um, and now it's the, it's the AR-15 is the most popular gun, which like, that's cool. Like I'm, I'm down with that, that people are now like understanding that. Although I'm also like, I don't know, I'm also like not super tactical in my whole shit. Like, you know, I, I, I love a good, uh, afternoon at the sporting plays range with the, uh, the old shotgun. And, uh, I, I love that kind of shit too. So it's all cool. Yeah. I'm like, I'm more that guy. Like I, I still like, I can't picture myself. I don't know why, like maybe something needs to happen in my life to shake me up a little bit more, but I still don't picture myself as like a concealed carry 24 seven guy. Like I brought this up to one of my friends. He goes, why not? He just shows me his. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was you. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it's so I'll say like one thing that kind of turned me is um, <clears throat> I was living up in Santa Barbara a couple of years ago and we had these big fires up here. Um, I don't know if you oh, heard yeah, about the mudslide that. that like took out uh, Oprah's house. Did you hear about that? I think we might have talked about it on the show, but I talk about so Maybe. much natural disasters well, stuff like that. That natural disaster came right after these big fires that happened up there. And, um, I remember I was living up there and, and, um, we were, you know, these fires and they were, they were getting closer and closer to like my neighborhood essentially. And, uh, other neighborhoods in Santa Barbara started getting put on like mandatory evacuation notice. And then like my, uh, neighborhood got put on like, um, voluntary evacuation notice. And then our power went out. And at first it was like, I was living in a college town at the time. So people were like out in the streets, like kind of partying and, you know, then the power came back on. We're like, okay, yeah, that was cool. That was fun. Uh, And then the power went back off again and then it came back on and then it went back off again. And like, it kind of kept happening throughout the night. Are we talking like, like temporarily, like five minutes or are we talking? Yeah. So you're saying throughout the night. So I'm assuming no more than like half hour. Throughout the night, like a couple minutes at the time, but it was kind of like the power would go out and then it would come back on and we'd get a report that like, 
a closer neighborhood had been put on evacuation and then the power would go out and then it would come back on and we'd get like cell service again and it'd be like, oh, this neighborhood is now on <laughs> evacuation. And it was kind of like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. And then like the power came on, we got a thing that was like, you're on mandatory evacuation and then the power went out. So we're all loading our cars in pitch darkness, like out in the neighborhood. And like, there, w- there was something in the air, man. Like I, it's hard to explain, but there was something in the air where like shit was like sketchy. Like it, it was not fun anymore. There was like a, a almost like a, Mass panic. Not quite a panic, but it was like, we were like, you know, when the water in the pot is like about to boil, it was like, that was in the air. And so I took my gun. I had, I had a, I had this uh, CZ, it's a nine millimeter. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have a holster for it or anything. Cause I'm not, yeah, CA, I don't CC. I don't, I don't have concealed carry, but I fucking racked that bitch and had one in the chamber, decocked it and just put it in my waistband. And I was just like, dude, like, I don't know who's going to roll up on me and like try to steal my car or some shit. Like it was like at that point where you're in that point of like panic, like you don't yeah. know if some fuckers like, Oh, I need to get out of, ca- I need to get out of town. I don't have a car. Let me go fucking smack this guy over the head. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I don't know, man, just like being in that situation. I'm like, fuck, man, I, I need to have something on me. Like it, it, it's just, you need to have it every now and then in my yeah. opinion. Well, I mean, I'm going to have something like, you know, like, I guess it's more so for my home. I get, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like it, uh, it's probably a dumb idea, but it, it, it's this idea that it escalates thing in my head, in my head, because my probably dumb understanding, like I said, when I'm talking to my buddy, I didn't realize he's carrying one, probably just my misunderstanding of how many people are armed around me, but I'm really not worried about the people like that. The people who carry every day are responsible gun owners in my mind yeah. the, the the people who know the rules they, they know how to use them and they're just ready for the shit more so when i saw that i'm like i want to i want you around more that's like that's what i want yeah. but i uh, <laughs> i yeah i i don't know just um like i don't think i'm like hot tempered like that but i just don't like the idea of having access to a gun at any fucking emotional state <laughs> you know what i'm saying sure. and, and in my house no, it just feels enough. different like i just i don't know what it is yeah fair enough yeah. dude that's that's your castle that's your spot and like you know, to me, like I like I know other uh, gun owners who are very like gung ho about like, you know, every American needs to own a gun and you mm-hmm. need to have this, you need to have that, blah, blah blah. Like they're super hardcore about it. Whereas I'm more like, well, you know, if there's somebody like maybe more like you where you're not comfortable, maybe carrying a firearm on you at all times, then don't. Like I I don't think yeah. you should carry a firearm if you're like if you're not at that mindset of like, hey, I'm ready to fucking do that, then mm-hmm. don't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm also of the mindset, which this would get me lynched by a lot of, you know, second amendment purists where like, I don't think you should be carrying a gun if you've never shot a gun, for instance, yeah. like, you know, like a lot of people would be like, Nope, fuck you. It says shall not be infringed. Like don't fucking, t-. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yes. Shall not be infringed. But like, I also think like as a responsible gun owner, you should know what the fuck you're doing if you're carrying a gun on you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a gun is not just a fucking, but Hey, no shall not be infringed. Yeah. Like if I've never shot a gun, I should still be able to carry. It's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure, I mean, I get to it, its purest like, sense to its purest sense. Yes. Yeah. But I would think people who like are going to be getting their hands on these guns, like just having access to them. It's probably more in the family. And like, my thing is like, I don't need, I don't need like a license or any kind of thing like that. Like I, I actually kind of prefer, like, I know a lot of States don't have licenses and they don't seem to have any major upticking crime compared to other States. Oftentimes, right. you know, the, the most, we, we know the most restricted gun States or gun areas have the highest illegal gun ownership and stuff. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, I'm not as much worried about that. So from a pure sense, yeah, I don't think there should be any rule. But it, it seems like an odd thing. Like I just don't know the guy who'd be like, I've never shot, and also I need a gun, and fuck you, I'll be first time I shoot it is completely unchecked. Like I don't know that guy, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. No, you're you're absolutely yeah. right about that. It's and and maybe it's a an unfounded fear of mine because you're right. Like I don't know anybody who's just a well. I I'd say maybe I know like one or two Yahoos who have gone out and bought a gun, and I'm like, you own a gun now, Jesus yeah. Christ! I'm like, yeah, well, there's definitely but... some people I don't want with a gun. I know what you mean, <laughs> but I guess I'm saying like from an untrained aspect. I don't know what the level of training would be for me, but like. My training is limited to, um, I was just taught a few extra, like it was mostly like legal and stuff. Like it was like, Hey, here's you, here's what you can't use a gun for. I know it's, you've seen movies. You think that's what a gun's for. That's not what a gun's for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say this too, like, here's a, here's a great, uh, counterpoint to what I just said is like, how many people are, uh, how many people do you see on the road every single day who are licensed drivers? Mm. Who should not be operating a fucking motor vehicle yeah so like there's you know there's the uh essentially the uh um the foil to what i what i just said you know what i mean so it's like well there are people who should not again there are people who shouldn't drive a car and they still drive a fucking car yeah. so i mean there you go like <laughs> i know i actually i get into that like when, when you see like what goes on in other countries and stuff that have done more to ban guns and you still see people throwing acid stabbings just being uh pretty much violence happening at the same exact rates that they would anywhere else just the means are different and uh i mean you know the people want to make an argument against like mass shootings and stuff it's just like i guess i guess it's more of a unique thing to how often they happen in this country but they still just statistically just for how many people we have it, it it's, it's not even that alarming to me like it, it, it's it's really just kind of a non-factor it's an odd thing that happens and it doesn't really happen anywhere else but i don't i i think like I was just having this conversation with somebody else. I think it speaks a lot more to the state of the country than it does to gun ownership because you have plenty of yeah. other examples of countries that have higher gun ownership and don't have the same problems we have. Yeah, that's absolutely so, right. Like you mentioned yeah. Switzerland, for instance, they have the they have conscription and and people take their firearms home with them and have firearms in the house. I mean, it's it's you're absolutely right. It it is um, you know, we as a society are are sick to an extent and you're absolutely right like if you compare the violent crime rate in the united states versus the uk the violent crime rate is about the same here versus the uk so it's it's like if for some reason you think violent crime with a gun is worse than violent crime with a baseball bat uh then sure ban guns but you know to me it's like well violent crime is violent crime so why is it that with or without guns uh violent crime is is uh present and the funny thing too is even if you're coming at it from a purely violent crime standpoint like if you say let's ban guns because i think it will reduce violent crime well violent crime has been going down in this country mm. so what the a fuck lot. like yeah. <laughs> so you're you're wrong in multiple ways for wanting guns. there are multiple arguments that are all totally invalid uh violent crime is down guns don't lack of guns does not reduce violent crime it, it, there, there there is kind of like no way to make that argument in my opinion yeah no i, I don't really see it either it's um you just i don't know you, you, when you just look at enough statistics and stuff and i understand statistics can be skewed but it seems like every single argument for the guns moves in one direction the more the better <laughs> yeah 
which it yeah. seems seems counterproductive. Like you can't you can't explain that to an anti-gun person. It just sounds like insanity to them. But people don't realize that often the outcomes of the policies they put in place have the total opposite from what it was intended to do. Like I know one thing. Like I'm not a I'm not. Uh, I'm not the biggest cop guy. Like I'm not standing here for cops, but I will say one thing: people hate seeing those chokeholds and stuff. That's like that, that's the alternative to just beating the fuck out of you with a billy club, guys. Like it is actually kind of an improvement. Like you're, uh, yeah, like the the old way kind of sucked more. They would just cause enough brain damage until you quit. Like yeah, no, just getting choked out. Just that's yeah. what I'd rather have happen to me, but. People look at them and they seem scary and, you know, you see someone pass. I don't know. It, it looks aggressive, but it's safer and more controlled. I don't know. I I don't like the idea of roving gangs of yeah. jujitsu men I, hunting me down, but, you know, it's better than billy club <laughs> men. <It's, laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, can I take a leak real quick and grab another beer? Yeah, actually. Hey, we'll be right back after this, uh, this pee break. All right, we're back from the break. Sorry, I always end up doing this. I always end up having conversations anytime I pause outside of it. But you were just telling me about, uh, yeah, so you um, you put together your newest uh, newest project that you're working on was just inspired by um, kind of just like a day at a party, right? It was just like all the uh, all the music and vibe that was going on there that day just kind of inspired your your newest, uh, yeah, your newest project. Yeah, yeah. The the last thing I released, and it was uh, it's called Brow Heist 2006, which is a reference to Beer Fest, that movie Beer Fest. Um, it's called Brow Heist 2006, and it's uh, yeah, the, kind of the concept behind the album is like, um, you know, I was at a a day party, um, you know, out by the beach with some friends, and you know, drinking and having a great time, and and just different people were putting different songs on the, uh, on the speaker as we went. And, um, you know, the idea is like, what, what if, uh, we tried to play all those songs just from memory? Like we didn't know what they actually were or who actually played them. Um, so it's like eight songs that are, you know, essentially eight different styles. So there's like some math rock, some indie rock, some kind of like almost classic rock doo-wop type shit. And then there's a country song. There's a hip hop type thing. Um, there's like some post-punk type shit. Like it, it's a little bit of everything, but it's stuff that you would hear like at a party today, right? Like those are all styles of music people would put on, yeah. right? And uh, the idea is like, we're trying to kind of like uh, just play them from memory. Like we don't actually remember and we're just trying to like capture that moment capture that like amazing day that we had you know where you just have one of those days where you're just on a good one all day having a great time and it's like we're just trying to capture that and so that's like my my latest album that's what that was and it's it's all original music it's it's not covers the one cover is uh my friend andrew schultz uh his band magic fingers did a song called uh time well wasted and i did cover that song but you know his band is like kind of the same as mine it's like we're like kind of smaller like you know diy kind of indie uh act so i took his song which was originally kind of a um surfy almost like beach housey kind of thing and i turned it into like a post-punk like almost strokes style song um which was super fun and and so it's yeah that's that was the latest project it's a little bit of a concept album and i i thought it was it was really cool it was it was the first thing i've ever released um where not every single person was like oh yeah it was good like you know it's like all my previous shit people are like 
it, it was nice, man. Like, it was pretty good. It was good, man. It was good. This thing, it came out and like half the people I talked to were like, bro, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. And then the other half of the people were like, dude, this is fucking good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like my previous shit was like, nice, man. It's nice, man. You did it. You did, you did a good job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. This thing was either bro, what the fuck? Or dude, this is fucking amazing. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm like kind of down with that actually. Like I'm sure, kind of sure. down for the polarizing, you know, reaction to that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the other one seemed it. like, you know, like the reaction you give me, it kind of just like, you know, it's inoffensive. This is music. This is something I mm-hmm. could listen to. Like it didn't, didn't push me. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is some, this, this is definitely tunes. This what yeah. You, you got to have some people who don't like it. And then you believe it more for the people that's resonating with, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Works. Freaking, uh, I mean, it, it sounds interesting. I'd like to check it out. It's, uh, I mean, you, so many different genres, but all like the style of like one, you know, one band though. So it's, it's got like your tones over it all. So it's like probably holds together some kind of common theme. Sorry. Ah, cough button. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, one thing you were saying, um, you deal with like a, a lot more, uh, we, were, we were talking about like judgment in the music business or something or like, judgment, like, it, I don't know. This is just something like from the few shows I go to, like there are, there is this air about like, like, I don't know, some like su- supremacy amongst like musicians or something like, or like a hierarchy of like, you know, like just, just the different things, like all those like little sub niche talents and stuff that they go into, how much effort they put in like to their work is like always being judged and stuff. Like if you took that easy route on, on something, they, they, they might look at that, but like, like you were saying, they, they seem closed-minded. Now, I would think that can go in so many directions. Uh, like, you know, closed-minded all into the little subsections, thinking all the own little things they're doing is the best. But does it kind of come off as, like, there's a right answer in the music industry? Because I have friends in other creative outlets and stuff that say creative people somehow tend to fi- have, like, a final unified answer on things. And there's, like, a right way of doing things. Which you, yeah, you just wouldn't get from the creative minds. Does it feel like a pressure? I mean, yeah. Well, the pressure I think comes from above yeah. first, and then disseminates to the lower levels, and then is put on each other by the lower levels. I, but what I mean is like, it's really hard to make it as a musician. Yeah, and uh, there's definitely a perception of like, this is the style of music that makes it. Or like, this is how you have to be to make it. Um, And so like with that perception out there, there's definitely like the guys who really lean hard into that. Yeah. And then there's going to be the people who look at those guys and be like, look at that fucking sellout poser motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's going to be the backlash to that. Um, it sounds similar to like the world of comedy, you know, like there's, there's only so many positions people view it in like this scarcity mentality and yeah, they're all eating each other alive. So it just more so comes from trying to keep yourself on top. So you might as well be agreeable with the most people, but also dominant in that agreeableness and make sure everyone knows your agreeableness is the only way to agree. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and so at the end of the day, even though it's like music is supposed to be like this creative and expressive thing, it's like if you are like actually creative and expressive, like you're probably going to fucking fail. Although here's the thing, man, like kind of like I said with this last album I did, like my first album, I tried to make it like 
pretty agreeable and accessible. And then this like last one, I kind of took a lot of those restrictions off myself and it actually wound up being like more successful. And it certainly like, I'm certainly not in like stardom or anything, but like to an extent, I feel like that's almost the better way to do it. Like you look at something like hyper pop and it's kind of like, you know, what the fuck is that? Like, that's not agreeable. That's not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's pretty hard to listen to by like many, you know, conventional standards. And yet like the fact that you did that and were so different and so daring to be like that, it actually attracted a certain crowd of people, you know? And so it's, it's like, I don't know. I I still think there's like a a way to do it as a musician and just do your own thing. And uh, you know, it's, it's going to sound so cliche, but yeah, just be like unapologetically you and just do your fucking thing. And, and you know, the right people will find that I, I, that's like kind of more my opinion now is like, don't put any limits on yourself. Don't, you know, go into it with any preconceived notions of like, this is how I need, like, I need to present myself a certain way or whatever. It's just like, you just fucking, if you have an idea for a song, just do it and just do the song. And if it's not your genre or not your style, that's really how this last album came to be is I just had all these songs in my head that were not the same genre. And I said, well, uh, I'm just going to make them anyways. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, just so, you know, fuck it. And so I, I, I packaged it in a very, very agreeable way of like oh well here's the concept behind it okay that's that's okay nice i like that concept it makes it a little more palatable but yeah at the end of the day i i wrote eight songs in eight different styles and and put them all out and uh there you go you know it's like uh fuck it you know (laughs) you know what i think it is i think uh, i think the story behind it like it's a good sales pitch on what it puts it in perspective for what might not be like, like you're saying, it's unconventional. It might not be palatable to a lot of people, but this, the, it kind of puts it in perspective on where your mind should go listening to it. So it, it, it opens the opportunity to deal with like the more experimental aspects of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the hyper pop was, I think it was a great example of what the hell was going on there. It was like hyper was the best word because it was just like so far forced into that like creative new sound. Like they were just attempting to do something raw experimental that not a lot of things were trying. Just blending genres that really hadn't been blended before. Almost just for the sake of doing so. Like it doesn't even sound like stuff that really belongs together. And a lot of the time the songs are disjointed. Like there's just two opposing sides to the same song. Like they don't, yeah. uh, they don't like, they complement each other, but only by being so drastically different, like a compare and contrast thing. And, uh, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, even though, even then, like, that's one of those, those things you saw very quickly. It got defined as something. It got put into a box. There started to be a sound. And while it was this like hyper dive into like something no one had ever done, that sound was then recreated and then stuff sounds similar to it. And already you see, I see the memes everywhere. The hyper pop artists eat each other alive more than anything. They're just sniping each other on fucking social media, just coming up with some reason about why they all bit each other's shit and one of the most unique genres out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it never fails, man. Yeah. It, it never fucking fails. And it, it's just weirdly like musicians are so like that. Like I've been in, in so many situations where like your bandmates are, are fucking tearing you down. It's like people say being in a band is like having four girlfriends. Like <laughs> if, if that makes sense, like <laughs> I, I could, I could see it. It's yeah. like, it's like, there's like multiple people you're like trying to please and they have like certain expectations and you have expectations. And it's just this whole fucking thing. And I don't know, man, like I've found recently the way I like to do it is like, 
you know, if I genuinely like someone's music, like these couple buddies of mine that I've been playing bass for, if I genuinely enjoy their music, I'll tell them, Hey, just, you know, like I'm available. If you want me to play guitar, bass, backing vocals, uh, I'll shake the shaker, yeah. like whatever the fuck I enjoy your music. Uh, if you ever need me, let me know. I'll come play whatever you want me to play. And, uh, it gets me a lot of gigs. Yeah. like way more gigs than just uh well i'm gonna rip a sick guitar solo up here at my thing and people will just you know beg to have me in their band or you know what i mean yeah. so i just volunteer and i just lay it all out there and say look i'm I'm coming essentially i'm coming into this with zero ego zero expectation you tell me what you want i would love to just be a part of this project because i enjoy your music and uh, i've gotten a ton of gigs doing that and um what's nice is going into it it's zero percent uh you know it it very much has this thing of like this is his project i'm not gonna you know i'll I'll give my creative input hey what if we did this at this point in this song but if this guy says no then it's no right whereas a a totally collaborative band it's like well i think we should do this well no man this is my song i don't think we should do this well yeah but like i wrote the guitar part for it so i really think we should do and then it turns into a whole fucking thing like no we need to do this and you're freaking the fuck out but here's the thing is then like after I, I play with these guys a little bit, I play in a couple of different bands and I'm like, okay, like low key. I'm like, okay, who am I like really vibe? Okay. I really vibe with these guys actually. And like, after we finish a project, maybe I'm like, Hey, uh, would you guys be down to play like some of my music sometime? And then if they're like, yes, then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So now it's my project, which, you know, it's like, <clears throat> so now we know if we're playing his music, it's his project. He has the final say. He is the executive, right? Like he gets the final say. But if we're doing like one of my gigs, now I'm in charge, right? Mm-hmm. I get to get my fucking rocks off on being the guy in charge, the sole creative, you know, it, it's this and that. So I've found it like it, it, it works if there's like defined roles, right? It's like yeah. this guy, he gets to have the final say. Uh, in this project, but I get the final say in this project and now everybody's happy as opposed to we're all in here just butting heads over this one band and we all have different ideas of where the band is supposed to go or what the band is supposed to sound like. So we're all going to freak the fuck out and we're all super passionate about it because we poured our heart and soul into it, but we all have totally different ideas and it's just going to be a fucking nightmare, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could see, I could see that being like a much more successful like route to go because like you're saying with like the the four girlfriends aspect or whatever these people all show up to the same band all with the same expectation that they're gonna have an equal amount of pull over it you kind of just show up after the fact like i'll help out over here i'll do that but if i need help from you you know remember what i was to you like it's it's like you kind of lead by example by just doing what not a lot of people are probably doing in the industry everybody's probably all like going for their own thing right up front or it's always like an expectation like i do this for you then uh then we're gonna do my stuff but it's uh it's 50 you just kind of seem to put yourself out there feel things out no expectations and just where it goes it goes and then hey this guy seems like it'll help me out you know but you just kind of put yourself resistance yeah where it's you know if i'm in three different projects you get to find the one where it's like okay these guys are genuinely down to play my music whereas like if we all form a band together then it's kind of like well you guys are kind of obligated to play my music you know what i mean like at the end of the day if you don't like it this is my fucking song we're gonna play it and then that leads to resentment because then they're gonna be like well i wrote this fucking song you better fucking play it oh that's not our style or this it fucking turns into this whole goddamn thing whereas this it's just like 
I found some dudes I'm genuinely vibing with and they're like genuinely down to play some of my songs and I genuinely enjoy playing their music. Otherwise I wouldn't have put myself out there to them and yeah, excuse me, this works now, you know? Yeah. No, it sounds like you got a good thing going. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's pretty difficult to recreate in almost any other like creative means. I mean, you know, co- just collaborating with people in general. I mean, what do you think is easier actually? I mean, uh, collaborating with well this is all your project so i bet you'd probably say like this podcasting has been much easier collaborating oh yeah yeah, dude this podcast is so fucking easy compared to my goddamn music and it gets more like traction too it's wild it's like this it's like i i fucking slap these episodes together like (laughs) they're they're like pretty easy to edit and just i you know i just slap them together and fucking do it and put them out there and then like i have people like coming to me that i don't even like necessarily like push it on and they come to me and like every week like dude i love this week's episode like blah blah, blah like unprompted i'm like holy shit like people are really yeah. into this podcast i'm i'm, I'm kind of sitting there almost like like how about you like listen to my music sometime <laughs> like you know what i mean i'm like dude okay, i spent yeah. so much time Just making my in. music and I'm like showing it to people like, have you seen my music yet? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a listen. Like, yeah, I'll have to listen to it sometime. I'm like, no, like the, listen. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Wait, you cutting out. Did I lose you? Hello? Hello? Oh, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, all right. Say something again. Oh shit. Okay. My internet unstable. Yeah. Yeah. You just went like red for a second. Oh, damn. Yeah, I had a, it gave me a little internet unstable thing. I think I'm back, though. Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah, no, it just, it went red for a second, and then you just kind of cut out. It's all good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so um, I lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. Um, What were you just saying? Oh, you were talking about the, uh, I, I don't know, that totally threw me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, just like the podcast, it's like the podcast is like so easy oh, yeah, to make and so out, easy yeah. to edit and yet people love it so much and then like versus my music i spend so much time making it and it's like such a chore getting people to listen to it you know exactly have you considered uh like putting it in with the pod at all because uh we we do that a little bit with that like one of my co-hosts makes music well he does like he does all the uh the intro and the outro music for almost everything except two two songs that we use one's another friend and then one's uh just a band that we asked to use their music yeah but uh so i've i've like i've like plugged my music a handful of times um i also played a clip from like my old college band like at one point to illustrate something in one episode and then uh, all the music on my podcast was written and recorded by myself like that all okay, the so intro all music good. and bumper music and all that yeah I, I recorded all that so that is my music but it's not like my music music. Like that was all um, like shit. I need 10 seconds of music for the trivia section. Yeah. Let me record some, like, you know what I mean? It's like recorded for the pod. Um, but that's maybe not a bad idea is like somehow work my own music in there somehow. It's, I mean, it's my pod. I can fucking do that if I want. huh? Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I, I've done it before on here with, uh, it wasn't exactly their music, but uh, I, I could pull any tracks at the end. If you got something you want to show off that people stick around to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you some shit, man. I'll send you the first song off of Brow Highs 2006, my latest album, because that song, it's a, the point of that song is to give you the intro to the album. It's like, uh, you're about to hear in about, I don't know, three minutes, you're going to hear 
every single style of music that is on the entire album in this one song. So I'll, I'll send you that. All right. Is that out yet? That album or are you still working on that? Yeah. Yeah. That's out. That's it's on out? Spotify, okay. Bandcamp, uh, Apple music. Uh, it's on title. It's on yeah. fucking everything. Is that yeah, Jay-Z's everything. thing? Is that what that is? Title. Did I lose you again? Oh, geez. All right, we got another technical difficulty. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Just uh, lost internet there for a second, but we're all good. Um, I tell you what, just because, uh, just because uh, time here uh, over on the East Coast is getting pretty late, we're gonna we're gonna get to. I was gonna uh, say I was literally on that break. I had two different people call me and be like, "Where are you at right now?" <laughs> yeah, shit. Well, yeah, exactly. It's it's getting late for everybody, so we're gonna uh, yeah. we're gonna wrap this one up here. I got two more questions for you, and then uh, we'll we'll lead out on that track we were talking about a second ago. Anyway, um, so if you could live any one musician's life, like any any yeah any any band member, any you know vocalist, just anything, any musician ever, if you could live their life, who would you who who would you take? Who would you redo, start to finish? Oh boy, that's tough, man. Because uh, there's a fine line between like guys who have lived like incredibly fun lives and guys who have like committed some pretty horrible acts Shit. throughout doing that. So, you want to be those guys? <laughs> I'm trying not to be one of those guys. Okay. I'm trying to have like as much fun as possible without like going to hell. Um, maybe like okay here would be a fun one oh. do you know the band chon no i don't know chon they're uh like math rock progressive metal kind of jazz band uh it's like they're like a couple years older than me they all grew up in like oceanside california which is like north san diego um basically their entire lives were like playing guitar, playing Super Smash Brothers, surfing, skateboarding. And as far as I know, they have never done any like occult sex rituals either. Um, and they're some of the best guitar players alive. Um, so probably one of them. Yeah, probably one of them. That sounds pretty chill. I mean, it sounds like a good one. I don't know them, but uh, I mean, that. yeah, if you could pick anybody, I mean, Super Smash Brothers and skating all day sounds pretty dope. Yeah, right? Yeah pretty pretty like wholesome fun you know they're not like uh you know i was it's like easy to say like oh fucking you know jimmy page zeppelin right like he had a ton of fun and i'm sure that was a ton of fun up there on stage at you know madison square garden just playing those songs but uh he was also dating like 15 year olds and shit so uh probably not gonna do that so uh (laughs) yeah i guess if i had to pick lp's having a pretty good comeback like he's been around forever but then he now he's popping off in like the prime of his career, like Who? way later in life. LP, rapper. Who's that? Do you know Run the Jewels? Oh yeah, one I of the Run members. The yeah. Oh, he's one of the guys. Okay. Yeah. It's kill. So it's Killer Mike and LP. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. LP. Because okay. he's been around since like I mean he's been rapping since like '93 and he was like pretty like well acknowledged in the underground of New York back then, and. uh yeah, maybe not 93, maybe it was like 96. I'm not sure. Probably 93 before, you know, anything was ever recorded. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, he's just been around forever and then just like way later in life to have like another arc that's way bigger. I think that'd be pretty dope. 
that's tight dude. like already really be established cool. set for life albums that like your community likes and then all of a sudden go mainstream just way later with another project that you can have way more fun with it seems like yeah he he's having more fun with it seems a lot more laid back than his previous works yeah that's sick I would also say maybe like uh, Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. I feel like he's probably the most normal guy out of that band, but he's still got to be a part of Radiohead for their <laughs> entire career. Seems sick. Yeah. I like the, the weighing everything. It does seem like it's like, wow, these great lives they live, but also like really every great one has some fucking skeletons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Last question I got though was, um, all right. So there's, there's, like, like I said, these guys are complicated. They live complicated lives. Many have experienced tragedies before and after that led them to be these complicated people. What is one musical tragedy, a death, uh, a, a horrible breakup for next to no reason? So, I don't know. Just something, some, some music tragedy that you could undo. What would it be? One music tragedy I could undo. Yeah, can just be a tragedy to you too. Maybe, maybe you just pick one thing to fix. I don't know. <laughs> a tragedy of mine. Yeah, like that I just wasn't another biggest, album or something. I think my biggest musical tragedies have all led to better, bigger, and better things. Okay, so I think that's okay. I think the biggest musical tragedy. <sighs> oh, and I just meant like like industry wide, yeah. not a tragedy that's happened to you. I meant like yeah, yeah. I mean, any, it can any, be one. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. say like maybe um like I I want to say like maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan if he could have lived um he was he was like coming off of heroin he was actually recovering from heroin when he died yeah. um so I really wonder like what he would have done um had he lived um because he was actually like on an upswing, you know, so many yeah. musicians die while they're like deep in the depths of their drug addiction or what have you. But he was actually recovering. Like he was on an upswing. So uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan is a great example of a guy who died fairly young and, you know, who knows what he would have accomplished, uh, you know, recovering from heroin and stuff that I think that's a pretty yeah. good one. Yeah, man. A lot of the tragedies, they all end with heroin. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's good to hear somebody got out of it before then. That's that's such a common thing in the music industry. Died from heroin. I mean, hell, that's just common now. I mean, that's just the country. It is. But it was. It, it is. It was in the music industry. It was a lot more common for a while. Now it's mainstream life. <laughs> it's literally like your next door neighbor could be dying from fucking opioids. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I know. Well, kind of a dry note to end on, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't do opioids. <laughs> yeah, specifically. Yeah. Just just do yeah. I mean, I did create them like yesterday, but you know, that's that's life. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. That's don't it for uh, actually you got anything you want to plug before we uh close out here? Uh Delta Dagger Music on Oh, Instagram. I didn't even I didn't even that's ask me. you about the sister project. You you brought it up like twice. What's the what's the whole Revelations Records thing? Oh, redefining records. Redefining That's, records. Sorry. Okay, so my buddy Andrew Schultz, he like yeah. started this music blog. I same thing. I hit him up. I just put myself out there. I was like, "Yo, you want me to like fucking write articles or do this or that? Like, what? Do, yeah, like let me be a part of this thing in any way." And he like had me on his podcast just as a guest at first, and then I wrote an article for them, and then uh, I like texted him one day about like I was watching Drunk History 
And I was like, Hey, Schultze, you know, what'd be great is if you, you should do a podcast where it's like drunk history, yeah. but about music. And he goes, that's a great idea. I don't have time to do that. You host it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> here we are today. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. So yes, check out redefining records, check out, uh, Andrew's podcast sounds for thought, uh, check out my podcast bands, beers, and buzzwords. Um, check out, me on instagram i am delta dagger music on instagram that's my music that's my podcast that's my like personal shit it's my my everything account i have all that shit going in there and i still barely post so yeah there you go that's me that's it all right well that's it for trash talks this week everybody have a good night and john name name the song that we're playing here uh the song is called die up by delta dagger Play it out. Here we go. Good night. Die up.